Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatina. Now, today, I am joined by a very special guest, obviously via Zoom, considering the times that we are facing, but we have the founder of Project Gen Z, now running Dare to Dream workshops all over Australia and the globe, co-founder of League of Extraordinary Women, which has become one of the fastest and largest growing movements in Australia, a speaker, award-winning entrepreneur. Also in 2014, she was the number 13 in the top 50 female entrepreneurs under 40. We have Liz Volpe. Good afternoon, Liz. I mean, it doesn't even sound like me when someone reads that bio. (laughs) Wow. um, There was so much I could take from it, uh, but I'll try to find the the gems within everything you've been able to achieve. Uh, And like I said earlier, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here joining us. Um, we have a little bit of fun at the start of, uh, of this podcast. It's called Rapid Fire. So yeah. quick questions, quick answers. It's for everyone to sort of get to know Liz a little bit uh, more personally. Uh, you ready? Okay, let's, ready? Let's do it. Favorite song right now? Oh my God, Michael Jackson. <laughs> beat it. <laughs> beat it. I love it. That's an all-time classic. doesn't matter what era. Gonna beat be a bit. it. Love it. <laughs> Favorite song to get pumped up to? Ride it. Ride it. Favorite movie? Oh, uh, I don't know why, but the notebook's come into my head. <laughs> we'll roll with that. We'll roll with that. Favorite book? Ooh, any of the Richard Branson books. Mm, good call. Good call. Your go-to meal? Pizza. Pizza. What, what type of pizza? <laughs> Always just margarita. Nice margarita. Nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Favorite TV show? Um, oh, honestly, can't even say too many. <laughs> <laughs> too many. All right. Your biggest celebrity slash sporting idol growing up. Oh, to be honest, it's Richard Branson as well. I, can you call him a celebrity? I guess. <laughs> of so. course. With that, with that wavy gray hair, he's absolutely yeah. a celebrity. <laughs> absolutely. He's got his own island. He's definitely a celebrity. Yeah, right. One thing you hate or dislike and you can't say coriander. Um, Vegemite. Ooh. Being English in Australia. I mean, what's the Vegemite about? (laughs) Totally. I personally don't really like it either. Uh, So I'm glad you said it first. Now I'm okay. (laughs) Funniest or craziest thing you've done? Oh my God. There's way too many to say. I could (laughs) never say them in public. (laughs) (laughs) Well, give me, give me like a PG rated one. I've got children now. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, let's skip over that one. (laughs) Okay, let's skip that. That one there gets crossed over. Uh, Book or audio book? Look. Look. Summer or winter? Summer. Su- sum up your mindset in one word. Positive. Positive. Your proudest moment personally and a proudest moment professionally. Ooh. Um, personally, proudest moment. Oh my goodness, the pressure. There's been <laughs> a lot of them as well. I think um, probably oh, standing on stage a few months ago with my two Cambodian sisters. I want to talk too much about that. Um, and professionally raising a ton of money for the different charities I support. Well done. Well done. Incredible. Tell us something, Liz, that no one knows about you. 
Ooh, I've got six tattoos. Six. I like it. I like it. Six tattoos, guys. There it is. <laughs> your greatest, now you can substitute this word um, for whatever resonates best with you, but your greatest failure that ended up being your best lesson. Mm. Um, my bookkeeper stealing lots and lots of money of, uh, from me when I was quite young in business and definitely the best lesson I ever learned. Totally, totally. Bookkeeper, you hear that story a lot. Like, I, I hear it a lot. Mm. Maybe I'm lucky to have uh, good accountants, good bookkeepers yeah. in, my, in my corner. <laughs> uh, if you could choose to have lunch with any one person in the world, past or present, dead or alive, who would it be? Two hour time limit and where would you have lunch? Hmm. I've got a feeling that you might know the answer to this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes, it would be Richard Anderson. It's totally. one of my big goals to meet him and it'd definitely be on Necker Island. Ne okay, Richard on Necker. With pizza, margarita. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, what was 10-year-old Liz like? Oh, very shy. I would go red anyone, anytime anyone asked me to speak. Um, very really? confident. Yeah, very shy. Very shy. Okay, okay. Uh, last question. You've done well. You've done really well to get through record fire <laughs> so far. What's, uh, what's that one trait that you would say is consistent around say the, the, the closest or top five people that you spend the most time with whether it's a, a trait a skill a belief a value but one that's the most important to you that you can you see consistent across them all probably passion to be honest i think everyone that i hang around with and even my family and friends are all very passionate people i love it i love it and that, that is you know i guess if you don't have that then it starts to impact you mm. and then all of a sudden you're starting to go down that that rabbit hole of that no passion or you know the no drive Love that. Well, that's rapid fire. Congratulations. Oh, right. Glad you, I made it, you made it through. <laughs> but I love it. A bit of Michael Jackson to kick it off. Uh, beat it. Love it. And then notebook. Awesome. Awesome. Liz, let me ask you this, especially during COVID, this you know, six-month period, whatever it may be, what's the one thing that you've learned about yourself? Wow. Um, I had a feeling that I was always adaptable, um, but I feel like COVID is given me a lot of um, learning around being adaptable. And I think that I'm quite proud of myself for being able to adapt with every challenge that's come along over the last six months. Totally. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably my biggest learning. Mm -hmm. I guess like, like you said, we always think that we're something, but again, this has really pushed all the boundaries and the buttons and that's what right. was possible and what we believed to be true. Uh, love that. So like I said at the start, you've got an incredible story, an incredible journey uh, after personally doing a lot of research myself and you know, it was, I don't even know really where to start, to be honest. So I want to just give it back to you to take it back as far as you can, you can remember, you know, and begin your story and like the entrepreneurial journey that you went on. Um, and again, wherever you want to bring it right back to for the, for the listeners and also me, I'm genuinely interested too. All right. Well, definitely stop me if I start borrowing you today. <laughs> no, um, never. I think I like to always start by talking about who I was when I was young. You know, I already mentioned that I was, I was quite shy and I, I grew up through my younger, younger years just being really unconfident. And there was a number of reasons for that. One of the first reasons was that at school, um, I tried really, really, really hard, but I wasn't ever that academic in school. So yeah. although my effort was there, I was always trying to find that one thing that I might be good at. And, and I never really found it and not just good at, but really enjoyed, you know, that I had that passion for. Um, I was really lucky because my mum and dad just drilled, um, and my step-parents drilled this really good work ethic into me. So I just knew that eventually if I worked hard enough, I'd find the thing that I wanted to do. 
Um, so I kind of went through school, trying, trying, trying. And then I went on this absolute mission to try as many jobs as I possibly could because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, so by the time I was 21, I'd already had 30 jobs. Wow. Which, yeah, which is... Ranging which is from, in, in, what, in what, like ranging, give us a couple. Oh my goodness, you name it, I've done it. You know, <laughs> everything from telesales, any type of hospitality or retail work. You know, my goodness, I've done hard, horrible jobs like working in a factory, all the way through to different types of sales roles. And I, I did that for a reason, um, to try and find the thing that I loved. And what I started to do was find a pattern in what I was really good at, um, and that was talking kind of makes sense because all the way through school my reports were always said <laughs> this could be better if she didn't talk too much <laughs> um, so yeah so that's kind of where the journey started and eventually um, found myself in Australia and I started to work in marketing which was speaking was talking a lot and totally. selling yeah. um, and actually that's where my first passion came in and that first feeling of that I was actually good at something um, yeah. And I ended up working and, and founding a business in, in the marketing scene. And I absolutely loved that. So I was in my early 20s. I had all of that hunger and drive and motivation. And um, I guess for the first time, it was so good. You know, I started to make money for this first time. And I was standing on my own two feet without anyone's Amazing. support. And yeah. that was, I guess, the first time I truly felt confident. Mm. Um, and what followed after that mm. then, shit it really changed everything because I looked back at my younger years when I, you know, once I'd had that confidence and I was like, wow, school never really worked for me. Mm. Um, I wasn't that academic and because I didn't get the good grades, I didn't actually have confidence that came, you know, came with me and helped me kind of grow. And I was lucky enough to go on that journey where I pushed myself to try lots of different things. But I always look back and was like, wow, Imagine if someone could have told me when I was younger that I actually didn't necessarily need to be an academic, academic to be really good at something. So and true. I started to imagine this world of, mm. um, we should actually be telling young people um, that there's all these other skills that they could learn and they could do Agreed. really, really great things. With. That's so good. And that set up all of my journey to where I am today. To where we are now. To where we are now. So you, going back to the marketing, did you have any marketing experience or you sort of just got into that, loved it and then built your own business or how did you get into marketing? I'd always done like bits and bobs of sales during that 30 jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I became good at that really quick. You know, yeah. just those simple skills of being able to build a relationship and, mm. um, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily sell, just be passionate about something that I believed in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that helped me succeed. So the first chance I could, I got given an opportunity um, to start my own business mm. and I literally put my back against the wall and ran with it and yeah. worked hard yeah. and um, yeah, did everything I could to make it successful. Love it. Love it. It was almost as like, not so much that you winged it, but it was almost as like you had the passion. You had the yeah. <laughs> there it is. She definitely winged it, guys. You know, she said it. That's it. She did it. She winged it. Um, but here it worked out. Uh, even to the to the extreme of like you said, like sort of getting to where you are now, would you say it's just that continual drive, that passion, that determination to keep persisting and keep chasing? Yeah, I think it's two things. That's one of them, and the second thing is I've always had this massive hunger to learn mm. and to grow. So I've always gone out of my way, and I've been really lucky to always 
be surrounded by really great mentors. Yeah. So I love, you know, being surrounded by really great people that are doing good things. It challenges yeah. me to yeah. uh, learn more and to keep growing. So I've always, when I set a goal, I already always know what the goal after is going to be. And that's <laughs> always the way that I've done it. Good. Um, good. So throughout, I think that's really helped me. Um, so working on one thing, like we're working on this today, but as soon as we achieve that, we're going to be going here. Yeah. So from the very minute I opened my first company, I had this huge vision laid out. Um, you know, I had this vision that I wanted to raise $200 million for charities. I had this vision that I wanted to almost work with uh, empowering females. I had all of these big, crazy dreams where at that point in my life, a lot of people looked at them when I or heard me talking about them and probably thought I was an absolute <laughs> nutcase. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it was one of those when I, I kept talking about it, talking about it, and eventually, you know, it, it became real. It became real. Yeah. I guess you spoke about it enough that you started to believe it and you started to see it become reality uh, and mm. you did whatever it took to, to make it happen. I want to talk about Project Gen Z and, and even how that began in, in, in Cambodia and just by, you know, going there for a holiday and then that's become a, a massive thing now for you. How did that all become a part? Because that was what really attracted me to... Yeah, Project Gen Z was like, okay, cool. This is incredible. I, I want to know more about what this is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it's been an amazing journey for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been running my marketing company um, the first time I went to Cambodia for quite a few years. And, you know, I would had that great success and I had the money in the bank. I had those, these nice things all of a sudden, like, you know, my beach house and the nice <laughs> car that I'd always wanted. And then I ended up on this random trip to Cambodia where I actually went to visit um, some work of a few different charities there. And I ended up um, taking, I think, ha just half a day to visit um, a charity that's run by an incredible Australian lady called Geraldine Cox. And she runs an organization called Sunrise. And Sunrise basically rescues and houses and feeds and clothes and provides everything for children that have come from really difficult backgrounds. So, you know, it could be kids that are rescued from begging circles and mm. child prostitution and orphan children. So I kind of turned up there and I think, you know, I just remember being surrounded by these kids and the energy was so infectious. They were just extremely positive. They were, had this happiness radiating from them. And I spoke to a particular girl there at the time called Wow. And Wow had been through a really horrendous, I guess, life up until that point. And I remember specifically, she was talking to me, she had great English. And I remember thinking, wow, if I could pick you up right now and take you to Australia, you would have the most amazing life ahead of you. But obviously here she was. And don't get me wrong, like Geraldine, it's giving these kids a great life. But I just kind of saw this. I saw the optimism, but I saw the, the potential. Mm. So I came back to Australia after just this one week trip. And I guess as cheesy as it sounds, my life never ever went back to the way it was before. I went through this really hard time when I, when I started to feel huge amounts of guilt for having money and these nice things. And it sat with me for years and years, um, this feeling of, of really wanting to get back there to do something. But for, for years, I was like, well, what can I do? Mm, you know? mm. I'm here in Australia. And then about five years after that trip, um, 
I was going through this time in my company where I'd, I'd grown it to a really incredible size. I had offices across Australia and New Zealand. I had all of these stuff. Yeah, I was just not feeling great. You know, I was, mm. I was feeling unmotivated. I was feeling stale. Um, but more than anything, I started to feel like I was growing apart from who the mm. company was. And it wasn't aligning with my values necessarily anymore. And my husband just sat me down one night. It was like 10.30 at night on my couch. And, you know, I always say I am English. I love to have a good moan and grow. <laughs> and I was moaning away. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. This is really hard. I'm not enjoying it. Mm. And my husband just had this big chat with me where he was like, Liz, you've got to stop this. You know, you know what you're motivated by. Like, what is the one thing that you've spoken about for five years? And I kind of had a this light bulb moment with my husband on the couch. It's like, wow, I really need to do something in Cambodia. And it just honestly it was this click. I knew really quickly what I was gonna do. Amazing. And it was like my life flashed, my life since that 10 year old girl flashed before me and it all clicked in. You know, we I've got skills that I can use here. And the one thing that I have been able to do is to build a business imagine if I could put together a team of incredible entrepreneurs from around the country and we could actually go there and we could teach them how to set up and run a business. Like maybe that would actually make a difference. Agreed. Um, yeah. So 10 30 at night, myself and my <laughs> husband started to think of people that were really amazing and just yeah. phone them. And the first person we phoned was Andrew Morello, who, um, you might have heard of, he was the first ever winner of the TV show, The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. And we told him the idea and he was like, yep, I'm coming. And then we found the next person, the next person, the next oh, yeah. person. And uh, before we knew it, we had a team. I had no option but to make it happen. <laughs> totally. so, so you were phoning people like with no, so to say, business card, logo, name, okay. strategy. Okay, cause that's what stops people these days. You know, I haven't got my logo. I haven't got the polo. I haven't got the business card. I haven't got the email with a nice signature at the bottom of it. You know, but you started ringing some of the biggest names in business and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Are you in? I think and... it's the story of my life. So um, I'm probably <laughs> quite different to most people. Whenever I have an idea, I go and tell everyone first and I never <laughs> think about how I'm going to make it happen. And which is oh, a disadvantage at times, but also an advantage because I feel like accountability works really well. Because, you know, as long as you've got supportive people around you, like I've got my husband who had that big chat with me and I've got really great people in business. Now I have that relationship wherever I tell them something, they just go, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, they know that Liz will deliver on it. We know, they know that Liz, if she <laughs> says she's going to do it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, so what exactly now does Project Gen Z provide? You've got all these amazing people based from here in Australia. Uh, what do you guys actually do? Yeah, so we're a social enterprise now. Um, after this passion project we developed over all of these years, um, and the way that we actually run is we run school workshops, um, which I called our Dare to Dream workshops, right here in Australia and through New Zealand, where we actually take kids on a business journey and show them that the power of having a big dream and how work, being in enterprise and learning these soft skills can actually help you in life. Yeah. Um, and the money that we actually raise from doing those school workshops and selling digital programs online actually then goes back into the work that we do in Cambodia. Mm, we go to nice. Cambodia every year with a team of about, usually about 25 entrepreneurs and continue working with the youth there at Sunrise. 
I love it. I love it. So the, the programs here, are they primary school, high school, preschool, post-school? Um, so we do primary school and high school um, on-campus workshops. And then we also run, we've built a whole shop, which is called our Dare to Dream shop, which is dedicated to actually downloadable and digital resources for parents and for nice. teachers. So parents at home can literally give them a workbook and it will take them through how to actually launch a business. That simple. That's pretty cool. Mm. That yeah, is definitely, like for me, that, I could really, really like that would have been great. I would have been like an A grade student at that if that was in school. Uh, P, <laughs> PE, <right>. sports <laughs> was my thing. PE, that's it, nothing else. But if they had something on, something I was generally interested in, I'm like, yeah. Mm. And again, even when I started my junior, I didn't even know what an ABN number was. I didn't even know yeah. how you do that. How do you start a bank, uh, get a bank account? How do well, you get loans if you want to? It's too big and too overwhelming, in, 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 especially in an adult's head. But when you take a child who hasn't yet really built up that fear, yeah. you can teach them the basic steps. Yeah. And I mean, myself and my husband did this with our seven-year-old um, a few weeks ago. He, he just doesn't like school. And he, we have massive resistance around reading and writing. So... We were like, I took him through the exercise. Well, what are you passionate about? Mm. And as a typical seven-year-old, he was like, I love Beyblades and Pokemon and Minecraft. <laughs> like, okay. So we built actually an online shop around him selling his favorite toys. And it's been unreal. Like, he's not only 100% engaged, but every morning he's waking up, can we work on the shop today? And he's learning these skills that, you know, are completely mm. adaptable into school as well. So it's fun. I, I think, you know, for me and even out of that like the biggest thing would be like that communication is like and it's something that you said you did really well growing up is like how to speak to people how to hold a conversation how to negotiate a deal how to go in for the sale how to say no to someone because that's a big thing as well it's definitely something i struggled with was how to say no if there's something that i don't want i almost felt bad to say no so i sort of would just say yes but how to now say no to that's not for me I think that, that's a great skill that someone can build, you know, all those communication within that. It goes outside of business. It goes into the relationships you have. That's it goes into your, your family, your partners, your friends, whatever it might be. I um, think so, communication and problem solving are really yeah. the, the key skills that kids need to learn yeah. um, to be able to succeed in anything outside of school. And unfortunately, they're not necessarily taught um, in, in the way that they could be in the school environment. So the more challenges we can put our young people through, um, the more resilience they can build True. and then the better yeah. that they're going to do after Agreed. school. Agreed. Agreed. Because it, it only, we both know it only gets harder as, That's it, right. as, as it should as you get out there into the real world. Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. What was the goal with Project Gen Z? What was that initial goal? And obviously, did you achieve it or are you on the way to it? Mm, I mean, that first workshop, the goal was just to actually even put it together and make it happen. We, I, I've Love set it. this goal to raise um, $150,000 to raise to take with us. Yeah. Um, I believe that we achieved about 120000 the first year, which was incredible. Um, and, I mean, it was, it's always been around impact. So it's like how many kids can we impact and measuring that impact to see what we've been able to do. And that's been really interesting. Um, you know, we've measured the impact from the start from Australia and Cambodia. You know, and now we've got 
kids in Cambodia running their own business and you know we've had a huge increase in kids on going on to study at university and um yeah so so far so good and we've got lots more bigger goals well done, well done. yeah so are, are the workshops similar the ones that are run here to Cambodia are they different yeah. they're basically a mini version I mean we literally take kids here in Australia through where we split them into teams they all get a role within a real business and they get given three hours to actually take an idea right the way through to launch and then go into a live pitch off competition so it's full <laughs> how off. cool is that the kids love it and we get you know one thing we see time in time out is that it's not necessarily the academic that shines in this totally. it's the ones that have been disengaged at school that mm. suddenly they can use their creativity or they can use yeah. these other skills you know and they get excited totally totally and, and you, know, you hear that like the, the creativity side like that creativity is what breeds the problem solving because you can see things from different angles it's what breeds the logos and the colors and the communication styles now I, I, I love that i love that has covid in a way been able to help so i'm guessing during this covid time are you delivering it online are you still doing yeah um, i mean it, you know when when everything closed down the first time every single school that had booked workshops in for the year cancelled in 24 hours so whew, i had to breathe Sorry. okay <laughs> What am I going to do here? But yeah, um, after a few days of going, my goodness, we adapted pretty fast and we put everything and we, we launched our first um, digital online conference for careers week where we brought in 15 incredible people that schools, a thousand students from across Australia and New Zealand jumped, in, uh, jumped onto the webinars. Uh, and we've actually taken this time to build, um, we've got probably about, 30 digital programs now for kids as young as four all the way up to 18 yeah. to help them build a growth mindset and develop enterprise skills. So what was that there prior? Or did you have the online? No, I had probably two online online courses that I'd messed around with. Um, but it's, this has been really great because again, thinking about impact, the one thing that frustrates me is that we see incredible results when we run workshops but it's only ever impacting up to hundred kids at a time. Mm. And now we've got all of these online um, and we are about to launch our shop next week. Um, now it means that globally kids can actually hear the stories Correct. of entrepreneurs as young as eight and go through these programs, you know, to help them actually go on that journey. And, and you're not, you're not limiting yourself to Australian entrepreneurs or Australian stories. You can now be global. That's right. Uh, and you can deliver it globally and then you can have global like teachers and educators and people coming on sharing from all over the world uh, as well. Right now, like, where's the majority of your time spent? I guess lucky, is it in Project Gen Z? Like, are you doing other things? Is it being a mum? Is it, is it <laughs> where, how's your, what, what's a Dane Liz look like? Wow. I mean, it's a constant juggle. I mean, <laughs> I've got um, a four and a seven year old. So, um, I do like, again, being really busy. So I like the juggling a lot of ways and it pushes me to have my back against the wall. My place is always in the creative zone. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the happiest when I'm coming up with new ideas for products, um, you know, coming up with new ways. Like we've just spun an idea of, we know the power and the science behind the gratitude jar. Mm. You know, gratitude jars, like they always, I don't know if you've ever searched for gratitude jars. It's something that is a daily habit for me and my husband and my kids. You know, we always do gratitude when we wake up in the morning, but it's something that probably needs to be put into households and revamped. 
So we've actually just invented something that we're launching next week called the Gratitude. And then it's really cool tube for kids that they write um, on these little cards every day and pop it in and it becomes kind of a family tradition, um, you know, just to install those daily habits. So I, like I look at every area of well-being mm. and success and what it takes and I come up with ideas to build products. And How cool work is that? I personally never heard of a, a gratitude jar. Um, really? But, yeah, but I've heard of the, the act of like writing and yeah. being grateful for certain things, but not a gratitude jar. So what, like you write it down on a little piece of paper and like you put it in there? Mm, that's right. And yes, then what you read them reinvented that so there's this basically this huge um box of of little notes for things that you're grateful for that you can really read back to yourself and more than anything put that that daily ha- that that habit Correct. i guess into your yeah yeah routine. and it's a good point as well like at the end of it when you have 30 40 50 100 pieces in that tube and then you read all those at once like it's pretty hard to be upset if you've got 100 things to be grateful for over the last three months um, what you've been able to achieve. No, I like that. That's actually really cool. I've never heard of that. I'll send you one. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to be the person to buy one. I want, I want to custom, <laughs> I, I want to get one of the first batch. Um, that's really cool. That's great for all ages. Mm. I like that. I like that. You got me. <laughs> you got me thinking. Um, I want to speak a little bit about, you said you had like that confidence that I guess once you sort of got into the business world and you started to maybe make some money and get some success in there and you started to build that level of confidence. Looking back now, if you could speak to other women out there who are thinking about business, thinking about building a brand, thinking about helping, giving back in in one way, shape or another, but just can't get over that fear, that obstacle, that whatever it might be, what would your advice, tips, strategy be? Um, I mean, I can give lots. But I feel like for me, it came down to one really simple activity um, that's really helped me deal with that fear and, and, and give kind of pushes me just to go for it. And that is really around dreaming big. You know, it's the reason I call my workshop Stare to Dream is the fact that if you can spend time and invest time before anything else in actually forcing yourself just to really dream as big as you can. And, and listen to the limitations, like listen to that negative voice that comes up and acknowledge that it's there, um, but just keep doing it anyway. You'll actually give yourself some really big reasons to go mm-hmm. through any type of tough time, overcome every, any obstacle, and actually not even allow fear to stop you. You know, the, a big vision or a big dream um, needs to be that foundation of everything you do. And you don't need to know how to actually get to the dream. I didn't know how I was possibly going to raise $200 million for charity. But by having that dream, it allows you to start to make decisions differently and do Mm -hmm. small things, you know, that lead you to actually achieving it. Well, again, in the grand scheme of it, it's very, it would probably be very rare if you were to raise $200 million in one go. Yeah, but it's about cool. I I still haven't achieved that dream, by the way, but I'm a lot closer. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But but that's the thing. It's it's a step by step. This year, we're going to raise X amount of dollars. It might be a million dollars, 500,000. It's yes, the big dream over here, but what's the steps to getting there? Um, You said something earlier about having mentors and good people around you. How did you find those people? Like, Mm. how did you come across it? Like, did you know that was a thing? Did it just happen? No, I mean, it, it really did happen. When I got into marketing, I was really lucky that I was surrounded by um, other people running marketing companies that were way down the line from me. So I really tried to pick their brains at any chance I possibly could. 
You know, we'd go for drinks on a Friday night and everyone would want to socialize and I'd want to be asking questions on how we do that. <laughs> so I became a bit of a test, <laughs> um, which served me well. And then um, through the journey of learning, you know, going to conferences to learn, I met um, the three founders from the League of Extraordinary Women that we launched by accident, you know. So uh, again, just the universe will bring these people into your life and it's just around surrounding yourself by the same type of people as you yeah agreed 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 i guess being open to what might be i guess you've got to put yourself out there to meet these people as well yeah be a little bit vulnerable so Mm. to say um on that league of uh, extraordinary women like tell us more about that because that's equally just as exciting yeah where's that at now how heavily involved are you with that wow well right this stage um I am a founder. I don't work in in the day-to-day business of the league. But I mean, I guess if you were to explain what it is, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of female founders from around the globe. And we're this community of women that, um, I guess, back each other 100%. And uh, we run events, um, we do mentoring. um, And it's just basically that place that you can actually feel that you can be vulnerable and you Mm. can be honest when you're having a tough time and every single person in there will back you 100%. Exactly right. It's like the league um, has definitely helped me a lot. And yeah, like I mentioned, it was was formed completely by accident because myself and the three other women were all running businesses at that time and we were all finding it hard. We were surrounded by a lot of men and we decided just to maybe see if there were other women out there feeling the same and mm. literally placed a Facebook post and uh, booked a table in a local bar for 12 women and in two weeks basically filled the entire bar and got 180 female founders <laughs> in the room on our wow. first event. <laughs> was, that, was that here in, that was obviously here in Australia? In Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. So it, How cool it, is that? It was completely cool. We were blown and we were like, well, this uh, the league has always had a – a life of its own it's not about us we kind of run behind the movement of, of the league um we just allow it to happen and it's it's yeah it's or, an organically do its thing yeah and, and again like that sort of thing like you you just like hey let's try and get 12 women in a room let's see what happens do a facebook post a couple of weeks later you, you needed you needed a brand new venue <laughs> you, <laughs> you wouldn't even wouldn't even work anymore but and, and, and like even on that like did you how did you have the, the confidence or the, the the knowing or like to just do that like because it is pretty vulnerable to put yourself out there and say, hey, is there any other women out there who are feeling like this and we want to create a space? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if it was just me at that point, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, at that mm. point in my life, I always thought that as a woman, you had to be really strong and not let anyone see your vulnerability whatsoever. And then I met the three other ladies, Marie, Sarah and Cheryl, and we all had a little bit of a different skill set. And obviously, it's, confidence comes in numbers, you know? The minute totally. the three other women were, would go off with crazy dreams, were like, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, so I think you're having, again, mm. it's around about who, you, who you've got around you. Yeah, yeah. And you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, how important was it to have the other three women there? Um, and how important it is to have people around you who are, who are striving, who are encouraging you, who are pushing you to go bigger and better and, and set those bigger goals and those bigger dreams. Um, I love it. You've spoken on the stage of like Microsoft, the entourage. The Trove, Monash, you know, how did that, how did you get on those stages? How did, and yeah, how did you get into this in the world of, of sharing and public speaking? Um, I think it happened really naturally. Um, when I ran my marketing company, a lot of what I loved to do was to kind of run these big like leadership meetings and, and my, my, 
brain is almost tra uh, trained to train people. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a teacher at heart, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, and then going through my story of building my business, um, people started to ask me to share my story in terms of how I built that business. Yeah. And then once I worked in Cambodia, I guess, um, I hope or I've been led to go on the stage and I've got a passion for going on the stage because I have a passion to share that this you know, taking action and having this a dream can really impact anyone. Mm -hmm. And the story is never around about me and what I've been able to do. It's around about the, the movement, you know, the power of a movement and how anybody can have an impact on people mm -hmm. if they just take action. And it could be one, it could be thousands, it could be millions. That's uh, right. Even if it's one, it's still a life that you, who knows, you potentially could have saved, you could have changed and who knows where, where that could go. Um, mm -hmm. This is great because again, and I really respect what you said even about the young kids and, and, and really, you know, Project Gen Z, like getting in the schools and, and, and teaching the core concepts of, of business because that is the core concepts sometimes of life, That's having, right. having those skills. What's next for Project Gen Z? Like, is it, how big is it going to get? What's the 10 year plan? Well, I mean, my ultimate goal with Project Gen Z is to um, inspire and educate a million um, young entrepreneurs <laughs> or at least introduce them to entrepreneurship so they can understand the power of the skills um, but you know the, in terms of the next few years I'm taking I guess the work that we do in Cambodia to a whole new level um, I want to actually start developing the older kids or the older students in Cambodia and actually taking them through uh, mini accel accelerators to actually take their business now to the next level um, and keep growing globally you know, we, when we launch the shop next week, um, it's going to really open things up to be able to really have that impact. So, got some big it. goals. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and like you said earlier, like, you know, you had two online programs, now you've got 30. Because of this time, you've almost had to create them. Like maybe that might be the catalyst to really, you know, instead of being like a five-year plan, maybe it might now be a three-year plan because now you can really go global so much quicker. That's right. Than you probably ever would have. Um, just because almost in a way we've had to with this timing. Yeah with this timing um what's one thing liz that you've learned over your journey you know professionally you know over traveling through school as a mom as a woman in business that's really blown you away mm, blown me away i mean i'm always really blown away um oh god that's actually a really hard question I feel like I could tell you so many things, but I'm trying to think of like the, that one diamond. Um, I feel like um, the one thing, the one thing that really stands out to me is the power of giving. Mm -hmm. Honestly, um, I found during my earlier years when in business, you know, I was really focused on earning money and, and material things. The thing is that type of motivation can only last so long. So when I, really went out there and you know I was lucky enough to go and, and figure out what my purpose was um, and I actually changed my vision from having really great material things in, in my life and changed it on what I could do for other people mm. that changed everything for me and I really believe that if anyone if everyone could just reverse <laughs> you know what what they strive for and instead of it being about them make it about someone else that power of giving and the feeling that you get from making a difference has so much more power that the motivation never goes 
Totally. You know, every Sunday night, I honestly go to bed and I'm still to this day excited to wake up on a Monday morning because it's not just about what I can do for me anymore. You know, I, I want to impact my family, um, my friends. I want to impact those kids in Cambodia. I want to impact every single um, student that goes to a school from the age of five up. So when an obstacle comes along and COVID happens, you know, I don't sit there and, and act devastated for months and months. I act devastated for a couple of days and then I pick myself up and go, but I've got a bigger reason to continue. Totally. Totally. I love that. The power of giving. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, like the monetary things, the, 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 the physical things out there, like you'll get them, then what? That's right. You know, and when, when you're giving anyway, money will come. Like the universe provides you from anywhere. And, and like the giving never ends. If, if you help a million, then there's another million that we can help. If you want to help two million, never. it's like, well, where's the next two million? <laughs> you know, and it honestly never ends. Um, which is which is amazing for you to run it at the, at the capacity that you run it and do everything you do. What would you say your top three habits for Liz to be productive, performing, doing what she does? Like what do you do on a daily basis that's a non-negotiable? Mm, all right. So every single morning, I try and do my best to wake up 15 minutes before my kids do, which is very early. <laughs> I, I always do a 15-minute meditation followed by a gratitude list. Um, and we have that, me and my husband, on WhatsApp. So we always do a gratitude list to each other mm. every single morning. Um, and I, I just put as much routine into my day as possible. Um, so, you know, by the time um, 9 o'clock hits, I'm always sat here working. So I try and just put positive habits into my day plus I will always try and do um, a 10 or 15 minute, um, probably a bit longer than that, 20 to 30 minutes of exercise every lunchtime. Yep. So I find that for two to three hours, I can work really, really hard. And then if I give myself a bit of exercise, then I can continue that same motivation in the afternoon. Good. Good. I love that. And, and even the fact that you said like, you do it at lunch, the exercise, you know, the whole entrepreneur world, like you start at 6am and you finish at midnight. And if you're not hustling, then you're not doing anything. Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that, you know, you've figured out what works best for you, that's ultimately all that matters. It's if you, you can do exercise at 12 o'clock to 12.30 and then that gives you the second half of the day to be your best, then so be it. That's what we do. You know? That's right. And it's been an interesting journey being an entrepreneur. I, you know, like most of us, I, am, I, I would like to be a workaholic. I used to be a workaholic before kids and then kids came along and I've had to change that to a <laughs> Totally. Um, totally. But you know, what I've found with now is that... Um, when you have other, a lot of other things that you have to take care of in a day, you can still do, if not more, not the same, if not more work in a very short, short period of time. time. But when you have no choice but to do that amount of work, that's right. then you'll make it happen. When you've got 12 hours, you stretch it out. When you've got three, it's like, shit, I've got to make it happen. That's right. Um, do you remember a moment, Liz, where you're like, wow, like, this is real now? Yeah. Um, the first ever trip to Cambodia, we'd taken... The first 100 age 15 to 25 years through our Dare to Dream workshop. And, you know, before I went, I had no idea if it would work. You know, I, I built a curriculum. I'd never been a teacher. I had no idea. <laughs> we landed in Cambodia and the, the Cambodian teachers actually said, we don't think this is going to work. Oh, yeah. So I had no time to change it. We just had to make it happen. And um, we'd taken them through the workshops. And I remember we stood at the end of the day in this restaurant. We had 100 kids in there. We had Geraldine. We had all the teachers, all of the entrepreneurs. And we were doing the live pitch-off event where five kids were up there and they were pitching off and just basically watching these kids uh, speak in English and pitch this business idea was absolutely mind-blowing for me. Um, and then I guess probably the, the moment that really 
help, I guess I could not even hold back the tears, was that we announced our first ever winner, um, which was a 16-year-old girl that stood out with out of 100 kids in building this business. So she'd been the CEO of one of the businesses that were built. And we gave her a 1,000 US dollars to actually put towards taking yeah. that business to the next level. And, you know, seeing that gratitude and that um, change in not just her, but all of the kids going through that workshop was mm. just something I'll never forget. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well done. Congratulations. Well done. Well done. Um, Liz, let me ask you this. It's not about, it's not an egotistical thing. It's not about, you know, what makes you special, but why, why do you think you've achieved? I'm sure there was, there's millions of people that do marketing courses and run marketing companies, but then, and there's a lot of people who are trying to do charity and, and, and giving back in their own way. And they're all doing incredible things. What about you, though, do you think has allowed you to achieve what you've been able to achieve? Hmm. Comes back to a couple of things that I started with, really. I do have this massive hunger inside me to, you mm. know, to do something. So I've got that naturally. And it's a character, you know, something that's, I guess, built in. Um, but the second thing is I... In a, in a positive way, I always want I always want more. I want more learning. I want um, more impact. I and I don't think too much about it. So it, procrastination very very rarely happens to me. I literally will do the idea and tell people, like I said. So I put myself <laughs> back against the wall. Yeah. So I just have to go and take action. So it's really around action for me. Yeah, yeah. Just getting in there, getting it done. Last question. I want to ask Liz, this has been incredible and thank you so much um, so far. It's been awesome. It's not going to be the usual sort of what's that one tip, um, but was there something that someone ever said to you that you read, that you heard, uh, probably more so that was said directly to you that has really stuck with you? It's, it's maybe like a one liner or when times get tough or when times are great, it always comes back. Yes. Is there something? <laughs> I was really young in marketing and I was, um, you know, kind of learning the ropes and, you know, marketing and sales can be really, really tough, especially the sales side of everything. And I always remember one of the people that I really looked up to standing in the office in the morning and doing this kind of mini sales impact on how to overcome obstacles and tough times. And at that point, I was really close to giving up. I, I found it so hard. You know, in selling, I was getting a hundred no's every single day and I just wanted to cry and give up. Um, and they said to me this, you'll have heard this quote, but they said, Liz, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And that one thing has stuck with me forever. And I, I tell it, I say it to myself, I've got it on a huge picture in my office wall. Now. I love it. I love it. Um, and yeah, and I just really believe that like, um, what's the point in giving up? You know, like you are tough enough to continue and get through anything. Correct. Well, you've got this far um, yeah so you know people have got this far it's like well you've got through some pretty tough times you know why not keep pushing and and, and prove yourself again that you can get through uh, mm. and achieve those goals liz there's so many like again you you said earlier like trying to find that golden or that, that that nugget that diamond like there's so much here that you know people can take away you know the, the biggest thing is just you know why not you like go out there dream big make it happen attack it Absolutely. don't procrastinate just just get out of there okay. yeah you know what's what's the worst thing that can happen get good people around you uh, and you'll be able to and you'll be able to do great things thank you so much for making the time uh to being on to, for being on here where can where can the viewers and the listeners find out more about your personal journey about the, the businesses and what they're doing 
Yeah, I mean, definitely head into um, projectgenz.com.au website. Um, and I guess if you're a parent or anyone that's super interested in, in teaching their kids or teenagers something about this, head into our new shop, which is daretodreamshop.com. And that launches this Thursday. Awesome. I'll make sure I put those notes and stuff in the, um, in the caption and in all the show oh, notes and stuff for people to, to, to use and, and find really easily. Uh, but again, Lise, thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate the time. Uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of what you're doing on a global scale soon. Um, but again, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank and to you all you guys out there as well who've tuned in today, uh, whether you're listening or watching, thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to having you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.